0: Well, I have really loved this worship series called New and I hope it's helping you to change and stop and start some great stuff so that we begin a new year and a fresh start for all of our lives. Hey, we always like to connect to you. So I want to remind you, if you're watching on the website or on BoxCast, there's a place for you to check in and we'd love for you to do that. If you're watching on Facebook or BoxCast, you can also use the church app. We love for you to do that because it not only allows you the opportunity to check in, but it gives you the opportunity to follow along with the message notes as well as connect with Scripture. And also, of course, it provides an opportunity to give. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. We love that app, and we hope that it's helping you as well. Well, listen, this time of year has provided a great opportunity for us to do things new, right? I have thoroughly enjoyed our start together as we have begun to look at life and faith and even the world in a new light. And so I'm grateful that you've been with us and certainly all of our new folk who gather with us online and uh, we're grateful that you're joining us and grateful that you are choosing to start anew and to start afresh. It's a great opportunity. We've talked over these uh, last few weeks that we wanna uh, change some things, we wanna stop some things. And today we wanna talk about how we can start something new because we've cleared the slate. We've begun afresh, right? and now. We've got space, we've got place, and we've got time to start something new. It's as if it's just meant to be. And so I'm grateful that you're a part of all of this. Well, there's a phenomenal scripture that Jesus offers us to talk about what to start and how it is we can do that. And it's a unique text, one that we don't often look at, but I love it and it's very simple. It's very straightforward and it's gonna help us start something new comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, it's in the ninth chapter. It's actually a part of a section uh, where Jesus is teaching about what it means to be faithful. And the verse goes simply like this. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. If they did, the wineskins would burst. The wine would spill and the wineskins would be ruined. Instead, people pour new wine into new wineskins so that both are kept safe. Well, my is you weren't looking for a text like that today, were you? That that may not uh, exactly be what you were looking for, but I want to share with you just a couple of quick words about it because it really will help us understand what it means to start new and how it is and who it is we can rely on with regard to that. So this is a teaching of Jesus. In fact, it's in Matthew's gospel, Luke's gospel, Mark's gospel. Luke actually tells us that this is a parable of Jesus, that simple phrase that Jesus just gave us. And of course, every parable is about new life. And in fact, it's about building God's kingdom. And so even though Matthew doesn't tell us this is a parable, what we know is Jesus is trying to help us better understand how to live into a new life, how to live God's ways in the world. And he's giving us this teaching after Jesus has been accosted, maybe a little strong, but he's been approached by some folks who say, look, I know the people who follow John the Baptist, they don't do the things your disciples do. They don't, they don't, they fast, but your people don't. And, and they do certain other things that your followers are not doing, Jesus. So tell us, why is that? Why is that your disciples, your followers are different than John's? And Jesus just goes into this text and he talks about uh, putting on a new patch on old clothing. And then he talks about new wineskins and old wineskins. And he's basically trying to simply say, my followers are different because I'm different. My followers are different because they're choosing a new path and they need to be different. And so he uses this analogy of wineskins and new wine. Now, um, I don't know about you, but I've never had wine out of a wineskin. You know, the wines we drink these days, they're in bottles or boxes, they're in cartons or even cans these days. Isn't that weird? But back in Jesus's day, they were in these wineskins and wineskins were simply made from animal flesh leather and they were made so that they could contain the wine and so that they could be flexible for it. So you could travel with it, you could use it and it would help keep the wine fresh. But if you've ever had anything made out of leather, you know that over time, it kind of can get brittle or stale or even kind of uh, inflexible. And so when you would pour wine into old wineskins, the wine in all of its freshness and even so new that it might still be fermenting in an old wineskin, man, Jesus nailed it. He said, it'll burst, it'll break, and you'll lose both the wine and the wine skin itself, and then you got to start all over. So Jesus simply says, put new wine into new wine skins. And all he means by that is you can't keep doing the old stuff. You've got to start fresh. You've got to do new. And his disciples were doing things new. I kind of I wonder if Jesus wasn't sort of saying this in a, in a unique way. Watch with me, would you? I think what Jesus is telling us is God can't do a new thing in old wineskins. God can't do something new with who we are, with our old ways. God can't do something new with old wineskins. It's a fascinating deal, isn't it? Because most of us would like to just keep doing what we're doing and yet be a follower of Jesus. Most of us would like to just be who we are and keep following Jesus. But what Jesus is telling us is... We've got to be new and we've got to start fresh. You know, I can't tell you how many times um, I've encountered this and and you probably know people just like this. In fact, unfortunately, you might be somebody like this. As a pastor, I've often had people come to me uh, when their marriage is in, in a difficult place and they've shared with me what is causing this difficulty. They, they'll come in and they'll say, golly, we're not communicating well, or I'm not sure that I love this person anymore, or unfortunately there might've been an infidelity in the marriage. And so they come and they share and they talk, and clearly they want their marriage fixed. They want to make it new. But it's fascinating on many of these occasions, people will come in and as they speak and as they share and as they uh, explain their story, what I begin to hear are there are all kinds of underlying dilemmas. Either uh, one of them has a drinking problem or one of them has a financial issue or one of them doesn't communicate well or one of them doesn't um, share what it is that is really on their heart and what they're feeling. And I begin to share with them, look, there are some underlying issues that you need to work on in order to help your marriage. And often this is the response. Well, pastor, we, <laughs> would you just fix it? Would you just tell us what to do? And what I then say is, well, you need to work on changing these behaviors because if you don't change these behaviors, you're gonna continue to do the same thing. You see, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. It just bursts, it causes problems, it causes a mess. And so part of what Jesus is trying to tell you and me is that we've gotta start someplace different. We can't continue to do the same old thing. We can't continue to travel the same roads. We can't continue to do the same things. We've gotta put some new wine in some new wineskins because God can't do a new thing in those old wineskins. Look, this starting new looks like change, right? And and I reckon there are two primary forms of change that we need to better understand so that we can look toward Jesus to do what it is He would need for us to do in new wineskins. So the two forms of change look something like this. The first is called incremental change and that's just when we try to make things a little better. We try to tweak things, we try to improve them and, and step by step, we kind of get some change, right? This is the most common form of change and it's clearly the one we we sort of default to because it's the easiest. I I can tweak this or I can tweak that and I can make something different, right? That's incremental change. Now the other form of change is simply transformational change and this is where we make something completely new. This is where we start from scratch This is where we understand that I want everything I'm about to do to become new and I need to become new in order for that to happen. I can't just tweak. I can't just kind of change a couple of things. I've got to become new. Perhaps another way to understand it is this. Incremental change is literally just about doing something new, changing, tweaking, right? Doing something new. But transformational change is about becoming new. That's what Jesus was talking about with new wine in new wineskins. We've got to become new. This becoming can sometimes be challenging. It doesn't always make sense, but it's the way God intended for it to be. And a part of what we ought to do in this new way of being as we enter this new year and try to understand ourselves as new is that we've got to understand Jesus himself didn't come to make things better. He came to make things new. Listen to that again. Jesus didn't come to make things better, like incremental change. Jesus came to make things new, make us new. And I can't help but begin to wonder if that's not exactly what the apostle Paul meant when he wrote that letter to the church at Corinth in the second chapter. He said, look, if if I belong to Christ, there is a new creation. The old has gone. Everything is made new. This is what we've been talking about. It's not incremental. It happens in our heart. It happens in our souls, and it changes everything about who we are. And friends, if you've never experienced that, I want to encourage you to consider how you could start with Christ, start with this relationship with Jesus, start with an understanding that He's going to guide our heart and our souls, that He's going to help us better understand the best way forward. New wine in new wineskins so that we become different. This is a part of what Jesus does. I think when we consider who Christ is, I'm convinced Jesus asks us to consider and reflect on more foundational things than what we sometimes want to face, sometimes want to address. I wonder if Jesus doesn't ask us to consider, for instance, what do we value? We value things according to Jesus. uh, Blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will become children of God. Jesus asks us to consider what is it that we actually value? He often asks us, uh, what is our purpose? And he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. I wonder if Jesus doesn't ask us to consider more foundationally, um, what am I supposed to be doing here? What am I here for? And I remember Jesus saying, the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. And maybe that's what we need to be about. I wonder if Jesus doesn't help us to realize what God desires for us, what God's purpose for us is. And I remember Jesus saying, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them what I have commanded you. And I begin to reflect that in my own life, I have sometimes strayed from that. I have sometimes walked away unknowingly and sometimes knowingly because I valued something else, or I just didn't want to be new, or I just didn't want to put up with, or I just didn't want to become because it was much easier to just do what I've been doing. And I think, God can't do a new thing with old wineskins. I need a new wineskin. Maybe maybe what we need to consider is that life is not all about financial security. Maybe maybe we ought to reflect on maybe life is not all about a a perfect family. Maybe, Maybe life isn't really all about proper politics or even pleasure and happiness now don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with any of those things but far too often I think I and and we together have lifted those concepts up so high that they supersede Jesus that they they sort of place him somewhere else and we've made an idol out of family or finances or politics or pleasure I don't know if that's you, but I know on occasion it's clearly been me and I've got to recognize that's an old wineskin. It's not helpful to becoming new. I've got to start someplace different. I've got to start with something better. I've got to renew or claim for the very first time this relationship with Jesus. You know, when those disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, why are your followers different? Jesus simply wanted to say to them, because they were willing to become new and to do something new. I think of Peter in in his first letter. he, He wrote something like this in the second chapter. He just said, Christ carried our sins in his body and on the cross so that we would stop living for sin and start living for what is right. I don't know about you, friends, but I want to start living. I want to start living the way Jesus intended. I want to start being the person Jesus wants me to be. I want to start something new. And so I want to issue you an invitation today. I want to issue you an invitation to start with Jesus, not with the things of this world not with your finances not with your family not with politics not with even pleasure but i want you to start with jesus because i'm convinced that jesus is the best place to start i'm convinced that jesus is the way we need to move forward i'm convinced that if we don't start with jesus that literally we've started in, in the holy wrong place in fact here's what i believe I believe Jesus is the hope of the world. I believe it to the core of my gut. I believe it with all of my heart that Jesus is the hope of the world. And if we don't start with Him, we're starting in the wrong place. We're starting with the things that have caused us to not feel fulfilled. We've started with the things that we thought would work, but maybe in the long run we realized they they weren't working or they don't bring fulfillment, or they don't bring a sense of fullness. But Jesus does. Friends, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Jesus bring a wrecked marriage out of the pits of despair and offered hope. I've witnessed Jesus take an addict who was so strung out and so far gone, but when they placed their heart and their faith and their trust in Christ, they were made new. I've seen Jesus transform a convict who had literally taken a life and he became new and he recognized love and he understood forgiveness and he knew that he had worth and value. I've witnessed Jesus transform the lives of perfect jerks who became suffering servants. I've witnessed Jesus transform the lives of people who were as common as could common be they became extraordinary trumpeters for the gospel of Jesus. You see, Jesus transforms people. And it starts when we begin with him. It starts when we begin to realize that this old wineskin, whatever it may be for you or for me, this old wineskin, it's so far gone, it's so brittle, it's so hard, it's about to burst. Maybe you're there. These last many months have caused us to realize we need something new. We need to start fresh. And friends, there's no better place, no better person, and no better time than now to start with Jesus. I know there are some of you out there watching right now who may have never placed your heart and faith with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to start there today to start to commit to follow His ways, to start to read about who He is in the Scriptures, to start to understand what does it mean to place my wholehearted faith in His hands. I want to invite you to start. And I know some of you like me have been in the faith for a long time and, and have been committed to Jesus, but maybe you've strayed or maybe you've stumbled or maybe you've just kind of looked the other way because life came at you. I know that's how it is for me. There are far too many times that I could own the fact that I didn't start with Jesus this day or that day. But I wanna start afresh with Jesus. I wanna invite you to start afresh with Jesus. I'm gonna invite you to do something that maybe you've not done ever. Maybe you haven't done in a long time. I'm gonna invite you to pray with me. I'm gonna invite you to start literally with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to to do something with me. I'm going to invite you to place your hands up just like this. This is a a posture of openness. This is a posture, actually, too, of submission. I want you to pray with me. I know this is weird. You're in your home or you're laying in your bed or you're having your coffee on the patio. I know this is weird, but it's time to start fresh. It's time to put new wine in new wineskins. So I want to invite you to open your hands and I'm going to pray a prayer that that I can't pray for you. But as I pray, I just want to invite you to maybe pray something similar or to just follow along and listen to me. But as I pray, I'm going to invite you to start with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to start something new. I'm going to invite you to begin to put new wine in new wineskins. And as we do... You will be transformed, we will be transformed, and we will help the world to become transformed. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we want something new. There is no question. These last many months have been filled with pandemic and politics and violence and and, uh, stress, and we just want something new. We want to be new. We want to see new. We want to become new. God, there have been far too many times when I didn't do what I needed to have done and I I didn't trust in you. I didn't look to you. I didn't want even you. It sounds strange, God, to say that, but I've placed way too many other things ahead of you. And so God, as I pray with you, as I pray to you, God, I just want to lay aside the old wineskins. I just want to put them down because they're they're about to burst. They're not good anymore. And I want a new wineskin. I want to be new. And so God, this very day, I'm going to trust in you I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm going to start fresh with Jesus. And I'm going to do my level best to try to learn His ways. And then I'm going to do as much as I can to live His ways. But God, I've got to start with Jesus. So help me, God. Give me courage, give me strength and help me to become new. God for that gift, for the possibility of being new wine in a new wine skin. I give you thanks and I ask for your help. In the name of the great wine skin provider we pray, Jesus. Amen. Friends, I don't know about you, but new wineskins help me to know that there's hope. And because of your generosity, you offer that hope every single week. Thanks for making that so. If you'd like to continue to give or maybe give for the very first time, I want to encourage you to text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Or if you want to schedule your giving or just make a one-time gift in another way, you can always go to tmumc.org slash gift.